I'm your host, Anna Yardley, and you're listening to episode number eight of the Mindful Mantra podcast with Brittany Andrews, Actually You Can. You're listening to the Mindful Mantra podcast, where we discover mantras that lead to lifelong success. If you're looking to take control of your thoughts to empower positive change, this podcast is for you. Come along with me as we learn and apply the mantras that have shaped successful entrepreneurs, inspiring leaders, and everyday people into something great. Brittany Andrews is the owner of the Yoga Underground Studio, founded over 10 years ago. Through meditation and yoga, Brittany has learned so much about the mind and how to consciously choose her thoughts. I can't think of a better guest to teach us here on the Mindful Mantra podcast than one who has worked on thought work like Brittany has. I'm excited for you to learn from this incredible human who makes starting a business look so easy. Here we go. Hello, everyone. I'm here with Brittany Andrews from the Yoga Underground. And um, I used to volunteer at the front desk at the Yoga Underground, and that's how I initially met Brittany. And I don't know very much about her, but what I do know about her is that she is so good at what she does and she really taps into her mind and your body and the world like i feel like you're very aware of what's going on around you just because you teach yoga and you started this whole studio so i'm really excited to learn from her today i think we're all gonna learn stuff that we haven't that we didn't know before and i just aspire to be like her in a lot of ways so this is going to be really fun Brittany. why don't you start by telling us how you initially got into yoga like was it part of your upbringing or how did you learn to love yoga um well first of all thank you for that very generous intro um i yoga was definitely not part of my upbringing um i but i did grow up very active i played all kinds of sports and uh in my early 20s like late teens early 20s i started to get into more uh, like triathlon and long distance road bike racing really oh, cool. randomly. Um, I was nannying for a family, uh, in the summers in Northern Canada. And, uh, he was a retired pro hockey player and him and his wife both, uh, road biked a ton and, you know, were into triathlon. And so I just kind of picked it up. And, uh, cool. the more I got into it, I thought, oh, yoga will help, you know, with like flexibility and, balance and recovery time and things like that. And then the more I did it, the more I realized, oh, there's something different. I feel different when I do this than any other kind of like, quote unquote, workout. I feel different when I do yoga than, you know, versus like going for a run or going to the gym or something like that. Mm -hmm. Cool. So then was it while you were nannying up there that you got into yoga or Mm, it was probably kind of right after after. like I did it a little bit off and on through high school but it wasn't until uh after that uh so it's been about 15 years that I've been like pretty consistent um and it like I said it started with more like physical goals and then it was like okay I don't know what's happening but like something else is happening like mental emotional spiritual you know on like different levels and so then it was like okay i need to figure out like how this is so different and like you know this seems like a really good tool you know i want to learn more yeah that's cool i like what you said about how you noticed that yoga was more it was beyond the physical for you like it was mental emotional spiritual what did that feel like and what have you learned from yoga um as you've dove into it like have you 
what have you learned about yourself and have you tapped into different areas that you didn't know were there? Sure. Um, I mean, I feel like yoga has been a kind of all encompassing transformational tool for me, mostly about self-awareness. Uh, I had the question posed to me quite a few years ago by a friend. He said, asked me if I was the sovereign of my life. Basically, why do I make the decisions that I make? Who am I trying to please? Is it some external uh, organization, my family? You know, am I trying to fit in? Is it other people? Like, why do I make the decisions I make? And I realized that pretty much all of my decisions down to like what I was wearing, what I was eating, different things were fueled by somehow or motivated somehow to like please other people. And so it took a while of unpacking and kind of like reclaiming my life as mine. Um, so I, you know, trying to get to the point of like, I want to be able to say that I am the sovereign of my life. I make all of my own decisions, you know, based on what I want out of my life. And I feel like with yoga, it gave me the awareness to like unpack that basically. That's so cool. That's so interesting. So I have to ask you, what's your life mantra? It, it felt like it maybe kind of fit into there. Um, do you have a life mantra maybe in yoga? Um, I mean, I feel like I go through phases of, you know, focusing on a lot of different things. But when I was uh, probably in my early teens, I cut out a phrase um, out of a magazine that just said, actually, I can. And I had it pinned by my bed for until I moved out. And I feel like that idea, um, there's a book, same kind of idea by Marie Forello. Uh, and she says, everything is figure outable. And I feel like, um, like just that kind of idea of, I have, I do have kind of an inborn, like innate sense of tenacity in my personality, I feel like, but with everything that I have approached with my business and different things, it never is really on the table that, oh, what if this doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Like that's like not ever really been like an option in my mind, not because I've chosen for it to not be. It just hasn't been like that's just not how I operate. Yeah. Um, so I think overall I have like that's really important, like in my mindset. Um, and then, of course, I'll go through phases of, you know, focusing on different things. But Cool. I love that. Actually, I can. That's such a good thing to repeat in your mind. Like, that's so empowering. That's awesome. Okay, so you said that you started getting into yoga and you learned and you discovered more about yourself. How did that transition to starting the Yoga Underground? When did you decide you wanted to start your own studio and how did that come to be? Well, I graduated in English from college and was planning on going to law school and then it was like a very all of the sudden one morning I woke up and I was in the middle of law school applications I had taken the LSAT and done all of that and I woke up kind of feeling like I'd been hit over the head by a two by four just like that is a terrible choice like I cannot do that like I would be so miserable like that is a bad choice and it was just kind of like huh like it had been my plan for so long that it uh, felt almost like a little, like I just felt kind of like floundering, like, okay, if, if I'm not going to do that, then what? But it wasn't a feeling I could ignore, um, or shake just like, okay, like definitely not going to law school. Um, and my parents were very 
wonderful about um, hearing that I wasn't going to go to law school. I was going to go to a yoga school instead. But I think that they at first just kind of thought it was a phase, you know, that I would do that and have some fun and then like still end up going to law school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I taught for a couple of years and at that time there were not really any, you know, in, in this area there, there was one yoga studio. And after a couple of years of teaching there, I got fired and uh, it was kind of like a, there can't be two queens in one castle kind of thing, I feel like. But it was then that I decided to start my own studio. So it's been, I've had my studio almost 11 years. Um, and it was, I started it though, just thinking like, okay, well, I need to start a place so that I have somewhere to go to practice. And then I'll need to train teachers to teach how I like to practice so that I have classes to go to because there wasn't really anywhere else for me to go interesting so you kind of started it because of this separation between you and this other studio and you wanted to still practice yep exactly cool how did it how did you grow the community then was it first like your friends that were at that past studio and they kind of came over or did you do a lot of marketing to get people in what did you do? Yeah, some of both. I mean, I, I did have have some people that I already knew that, you know, started coming to classes, but, and I started small. I just rented the upstairs of a, my friend's karate studio and, um, and just taught, you know, as much as I could. And then really slowly, like brought on other teachers and moved locations and, you know, things like that. But, um, but it did take, so when I first started, it was, Facebook was still kind of new-ish, but it was still a thing to, like, print flyers and hang them up around town and, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And um, then it's, you know, become less and less actual, like, paper, like, print marketing and more and more digital marketing. But I I still do quite a bit of, of that just to, you know, get the word out and stuff. Cool. Yeah, and you guys have done an awesome job because it's really successful now. Like, you have a, a lot of members Yeah, there. Yeah, it's been great. All the classes are full, which is really fun. Okay, cool. So what do you feel that after all these years of, like, devoting yourself to yoga and meditation and, and running a business around it, what do you feel that it's given back to you? And what have you learned as you've kind of dove in into this new realm? I mean, I feel like really it's kind of given me like my own life, kind of like I mentioned before, like it's given me the sense of a strong sense of self of knowing, you know, who I am, like really more and more self-awareness and self-confidence in who I am. Um, And also, I guess the ability to I guess this might be a little bit more with meditation, but just kind of choose, and it's always a practice, but you know, I'm, I'm working on consciously choosing my thoughts rather than, um, like reacting to things. Uh, so, you know, just all kinds of like life skills and how to operate better in relationships and things like that. That's cool. This entire podcast is about operating your own thoughts and telling yourself mantras and little sayings so that you have control of your thoughts and what you do. So when you said that you're learning to, I forgot how you said it, but program your own thoughts and take control of your decisions, what does that look like? And how have you trained your brain to do that? So kind of how I see it is, um, and I was taught all of this by a guy named Steven Nibley that comes to my teacher trainings and he does kind of like a meditation course 
that's with that's like part of my teacher trainings. But he teaches um, the idea that our our thoughts. Well, if you if you like initially, we have programmed core beliefs and perceptions that we learn when we're kids growing up just like experiencing the world, you know, learning things, uh, kind of, you could think of them as like rules, but they're really like your, your core beliefs. And most of them we haven't chosen. We've just inherited them from our parents or, you know, it's how our family does things or whatever. And based on those beliefs, we have specific thoughts. And then based on those thoughts, uh, we have emotions. And so it's, sometimes it's easy to get frustrated with our emotions, but really these emotions are just, physiological responses to our thoughts and our thoughts are just responses to these core beliefs and so the emotions are always valid they're always going to be totally valid but your beliefs might be off your perception might be off and so you might need to go back and re-examine that and then change that and in so doing you'll produce then different thoughts and then different emotions so that's the best way to feel differently is to look at you know, what is, what is my, what am I believing right now? What do I believe that I can't have that I want? Why do I believe that? And, you know, focus there rather than feeling like, oh, I'm crazy. Oh, I'm, you know, this, whatever. So I, I think it's important to remember the idea that you are not your thoughts or you are not your emotions. And then often we kind of tend to attack there rather than like examining the problem's further back, I mm-hmm. guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, way deeper going yeah, into yeah. those beliefs that I feel like a lot of times we don't know are there. We don't even know about. They're really hidden. Yeah. Which is interesting. Hard to get there, but very cool. Very cool. Um, Can you explain the difference between yoga and meditation to us? What are the similarities and what are the benefits of both of them? So philosophically, yoga is a form of meditation. Um, but it does like really hugely depend on what kind of yoga you're talking about. Um, and I would say in the West, we tend to differentiate and say yoga is, includes movement, includes poses and meditation is usually done in stillness. That's not necessarily all the way accurate, but I think that's usually how people see it. Um, but then, you know, it can get confusing because you hear about like, moving meditation and things like that. But I think for the sake of conversation, it's easiest to think of yoga as including the movement and meditation as more stillness. Um, usually, well, a lot of elements will overlap. You know, they both involve a lot of concentration and um, trying to build that self-awareness. It's just often people find yoga a little more accessible because we're used to like the idea of working out. Um, That said, you know, a lot of kinds of yoga out here, I mean, in general out here, meaning like in the West in general, uh, are missing the mindfulness and spirituality aspects that are inherent in yoga, like from its origins, you know, but I think that we in the West tend to be a little bit nervous about all the inward focus because our spirituality or religions are generally more outward focused. They're usually more like ritualistic um, and things that you can quantify or check off a list, you know, um, a little bit more social. 
And not that one is good or bad, but I think sometimes the inwardness like makes us a little bit nervous. And so as yoga came over from the East in like the 1940s and 50s, we kind of like bastardized it a little bit, you know, took, oh, the workout part that that feels easy and fun. You know, I can Mm -hmm. do that. And so, I mean, they really do kind of encompass a whole lifestyle, but a lot of people aren't aware of that. Mm hmm. That's cool. I didn't know that about yoga. Do you teach and do you teach the instructors at your studio to teach the inner connectedness and to focus on that? Or is it more of like the outward workout and like yoga that type of way? Sure. I mean, most of our like our philosophy, I guess, is more like uh, give people enough of what they want to like keep coming and then teach more of the meditation and like inwardness as people are ready for it. And so again, you can always like offer things and then it still is a a choice, but you don't want to, you can't like force self-transformation on someone, you know, that's not looking for it or wanting it or ready for it. Um, So I think, and there's nothing wrong with doing yoga because it's fun and because it's a workout, right? But if you're open to more benefit, then you really can experience benefits on like all levels. Cool. Do you have any, anything interesting that you can tell us about what you've learned about the mind as you, as you've studied it in meditation that you haven't already talked about? Yeah. So what I like the image that I like to use when thinking about the mind or our thoughts or thought patterns is uh, our muscles do the same thing, which is we tend to form habits and then uh, we'll take the our muscles will take the path of least resistance. So that's why it's really good to change up um, exercises that you're doing because your muscles will adapt and you know get used to doing the same thing over and over. Well, that's how we develop thought patterns and you know patterns of behavior. So if you think about a wagon rolling through the snow, uh, the more that those same wheels go through the ruts, the deeper the ruts get, and it just gets easier to continue on that same path. And so it's almost like the more you think the same thing, the easier it is to keep thinking the same thing um, because those patterns are established. And so it's it's almost like going on with that analogy, meditation can help you to like lay a fresh blanket of snow on top of that. And then you can consciously choose what path you'd like to take rather than just doing the same thing out of autopilot or habit. Hmm. That's really cool. And that goes all the way back to the, like the history of mantras too, like why you have them, why you look at them. That's really cool. Okay. So we're about to wrap it up. This has been so awesome. Brittany, I want to know you've done a lot of traveling to really cool places and that also have history. What's been your favorite place that you've traveled to? Oh man. And why? Um, it would probably be a tie between, I love Iceland so much. So, so much. I've been a couple times already and I'll definitely go back. Like there's so many places that I love that it's fun that I was able to experience them, but I don't necessarily care if I go back or, you know, there's other new places to see, but Iceland, I've already been twice and I'll definitely go again. It just is, uh, so otherworldly in how beautiful it is, but in like a weird way, like it's like, um, if, almost like Alaska and Hawaii had a baby. Like it's very like lush and green, but then also um, 
you know, there's glaciers everywhere and it's, it's a volcanic island too. And so it, you know, there's black sand beaches and it's, it's just, and there, the culture is also, you know, all based on magic and elves and fairies and, you know, it just is, has a very kind of mystical element too, which I love. Um, and then I also really love Bali, totally different reasons. Um, it has a very, very spiritual culture that is beautiful to experience. They, you know, several times throughout the day, they have prayer ceremonies. And Indonesia is mostly Muslim, but uh, Bali is Hindu. And there's statues everywhere and temples and carvings. And um, and then, of course, it's also like a tropical island. You know, it's really beautiful. But their, their culture is so, so spiritual just like culturally spiritual um which we tend to have such a secular culture and then of course you can choose to add spirituality on top of it but it's cool to see how a culture can just inherently exist as also a spiritual culture Hmm. that's interesting yeah i know that you do all of your um your retreats what do you call them your retreats to bali yes which Yes. Yes. We've done two so far. We have another one coming up this summer. Hopefully, fingers crossed if COVID allows. Fun. So fun. Okay, Brittany, where can people find you and your yoga studio if they want to learn more? Cool. Um, So our Instagram is just the yoga underground website, yogaundergroundutah.com. We're located in Provo, Utah, just off of 900 East. First class is free. Come check it out. We also have tons of online classes, which has been really cool. So depending on if people move or are trying to be, you know, a little bit more careful with COVID, all of that, tons of online classes now that are that are going really well. So that's an option too. Cool. And I'll just put my plug in. The Yoga Underground is so welcoming and makes everyone feel like family and the ambiance is great. There's plants everywhere and murals. Like it's, you just... It's a great environment for yoga and meditating and anything else. So, all right. Thanks so much, Brittany, for being on my podcast. That was so fun. I learned so much and we'll see you guys next time. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review and share with your friends so we can bring more mindful mantras to this world. Thanks a million and I'll see you next time.